0: I'm Bethany Dawson, and welcome to My Classic Soul, the podcast dedicated to the best soul and R&B music throughout the decades. In our latest episode, SoulMusic.com founder David Nathan and distinguished entertainment journalist Janine Coveney, former R&B music editor at Billboard magazine, discuss In the Storm, the 1992 Warner Brothers album by El Barge. David and Janine discuss the album, which included production by Maurice White of Earth, Wind & Fire fame, And Elder Barges appeal very much in the tradition of Marvin Gaye and other classic soul singers known for their trademark falsetto vocal style. So let's join David and Janine as they share their thoughts about In the Storm.
1: Welcome to our latest My Classic Soul podcast with my good friend and colleague, Janine Coveney, how are you today, Janine?
2: I'm fantastic, David. Thank you for having me on another episode of My Classic Soul. I'm
1: excited today. Me too. And we um, both agreed to talk about one of the most uh, important uh, male vocalists, not just a vocalist, but vocalist, producer, songwriter of the uh, 80s going into the 90s, um, for many reasons, and that is L. Debarge. That's right. And we are going to talk about the album In the Storm.
2: Okay. I think but this he, was an important album for him as a solo artist. Would you agree?
1: I would. I do. And I think that uh, one, there are significant aspects of it, um, in particular that it was pro- produced for the most part by, by Maurice White, uh, of course, from... Uh, I don't need really need to introduce Maurice White. Uh, Earth, Wind & Fire, you know, all the albums that he produced with other people. Of course, the founder and creator of Earth, Wind & Fire with his his brother, Verdine, and Philip Bailey, and so on. But really, uh, you know, this is one of those projects that I think, um, you know, wasn't an obvious thing for Maurice to do. And um, we can talk a little bit about uh, why he chose to do it, because I actually remember having a conversation with him about, uh, working with Eldebarge, but let's let's before we do that, why don't why don't we set the scene a little bit for um, about El and his uh, career up until the point when he uh, made this album. So when I when I think about Eldebarge, um, you know, again I kind of said it a little bit in the introduction of he is a unique unique uh, presence in, in, in terms of his um, as a singer songwriter producer. Uh, And most particularly for me, because he has this amazing falsetto and vocal style that is just not really like anyone else that I can immediately think of of his generation. So when I say Elder Barge, that's what I think. Um, When you think about Elder Barge up until this album, In the Storm, what are your thoughts about him and and his work up until when he did this album? I have a
2: similar feeling about Elle because he and the rest of his family, um, they had a really kind of a unique musical sensibility. Um, I tended to merge, in my mind, Switch, which is the, the group that, the Motown group that his brother was in before DeBarge was launched, and they had a, a similar sound and as we as you just noted i mean nobody else sounded like l except his brothers bobby had a similar voice randy had a similar voice they were all able to utilize this unique kind of falsetto that nobody else had but l was really the master of it and when i think of his voice i mean Falsetto is a unique kind of vocal quality. I think either you love it or you don't, but Els, the quality of his phrasing and the, the really, the tone, the pure tones of his voice, you have to fall in love with it because it's special to, yeah. <laughs> to paraphrase a, a song title on this very album.
1: Correct. So and, that's you know, what I think of. Geez. And I was trying to think of who, who are some of the other like uh, in, in the world of soul music r and b who are some of the primary uh, male vocalists that we associate with that particular falsetto style and there are only a few I mean I, I, certainly little Anthony uh, from little Anthony appears from the '60s and in the mm-hmm. 70s, we have uh, Russell Tompkins of the stylistics. Um, you know, but then I, I, I'm kind of like hard-pressed to think of too many others in that same lineage.
2: Exactly. Until we come to uh, Marvin Gaye, who I would you – I feel like Marvin had a range that could go really low and really high. I don't know if he's a classic falsetto singer, but he had the ability to kind of utilize the top – part of his voice. And I feel as, as you and I have discussed, there is a musical historical link between Marvin and Elle. That's really important to acknowledge when we're talking about Elle Barge.
1: I agree. And I think on this album in particular, that is very much the focus. Um, I I, I would think, I I don't ever think of Marvin Gaye so much as, uh, as a, falsetto singer in the same way that little Anthony and Russell Tompkins and stylistics and elder barge. I I think that, you know, Marvin occasionally would go into that part of his range, but falsetto is a very specific kind of um, uh, way of approaching a song and very few singers can pull off singing almost an entire song in that style and uh, which I think leads us that, that that analogy with Marvin is actually perfect for discussion about this album. I mean, the first thing before we get to the music is the cover in The Storm, uh, which immediately, you know, for me, brings, um, uh, uh, harkens back to the classic Marvin Gaye album, I Want You, uh, which of course, you know, Leon Ware worked with him on, uh, with those amazing, That then, I need to check the name of the artist, but very famous and very, um, uh, that artwork for I Want You is very um, distinct. And you don't find many other albums, even in that time period where that kind of drawing, it was a painting, it's actually a painting. And, um, and uh, for some uh, even though the, there's no credit on the Elder Barge album for um, who did the the cover art i'm pretty mm-hmm. sure oh it was Ernie Barnes. that's the Ernie name Ernie Barnes, of, yeah that's it that's the name of the of, of the artist i don't know he he's not credited on the on the Elder Barge album uh, but that cover is quite it uh, evokes yeah and also evokes uh that Marvin guy, I Want You album, which is probably not accidental.
2: I wouldn't say so because there are many connections to Marvin's style um, on this album, you know, multiple. Mm. And since they both come out of the Motown family, Mm. um, I find it interesting because Marvin – has been so influential to so many um, Mm -hmm. because of his songwriting, his vocal style, his instrumental arrangements. Mm -hmm. Um, We've got generations, at least two generations of male singers who cite Marvin as their inspiration. But, and, and while you and I have heard, artists sing multiple, multiple covers of Marvin Gaye songs. I'm always just a little bit discomfited because to me, no one can really approach the, the fervor, the feeling, the style of Marvin, except Elle. I feel like Elle is really the best interpreter stylistically of Marvin's kind of performance style,
1: yes, which is a perfect lead-in to one of the primary tracks on this album, uh, which is his cover of "After the Dance." And "After the Dance," if uh, it, of course, comes from the album "I Want You," which, aforementioned, "I Want You" album, and um, it's be- it's a beautiful, be- a, a beautiful rendition of the song with uh, the members of Foreplay. And it, in fact, was originally on a four-play album. Um, and um, just, it's just really great. Now, I'm sure there's a whole generation of people who had not heard necessarily Marvin, uh, but who, who did get to hear Elder Barge tape on, on the song. Um, what, what What is your thought about After the Dance?
2: I love this version for a couple of reasons um, one as I mentioned because I feel like L is sort of like the artistic spiritual inheritor of, of Marvin Gaye's performance style and you definitely get that in his vocal performance on this track but I mm-hmm. also love the arrangement of it and the fact that he is performing with Foreplay which is a quartet that was firmly established in the jazz, smooth jazz genre. And so L because he's been asked to be on this recording and to do this particular track, I feel like other musicians regard him as kind of like the musician's musician. Even having Maurice White of the mighty, mighty earth and wind and fire, um, you know, want to work with him and produce him says a lot to me about how Elle is viewed as an artist. So this particular track after the dance um, is just really distinctive. And the other thing about it is that while um, Four Plate is a jazz quartet, all of the players in it, particularly Bob James, the, the keyboardist, they are all crack studio musicians who have recorded on numerous, numerous r and recordings as well as jazz recordings. And God knows Bob James has been sampled, like many of his piano hooks and the rhythm tracks on some of his 70s recordings have been sampled by hip-hop artists. So there's a lot of levels to looking at this particular recording, but I, I love After the Dance. It's beautiful.
1: Mm-hmm. Well it's interesting. I think there's several points you made there. Well one I really want to pick up pick pick up on is the what you said about Maurice White working on this project. Um, you know, I um remember working with Maurice directly myself in the in the late eighties or mid eighties, I should say, when he was doing a solo album, his one solo album. At the time, um, and uh, around that same time, he was also producing uh, people like Neil Diamond and Barbara Streisand, um, and of course, prior to that, had done working produced Ramsey Lewis, Denise Williams, and um, who's the other one I'm missing out? Ramsey Lewis, the emotions, of course, the emotions, oh, of course, <laughs> yes, yes, uh, and this was a there was a quite a significant gap between the time of Maurice producing other artists and this Elder Barge project. And I do recall very specifically um, Maurice uh, telling me, not necessarily in an interview, but in a conversation, uh, that um, the one of the reasons he, he wanted to work with Elder Barge was he considered him one of the, the best vocalists around. He just thought he was exceptionally talented as a singer and that he hadn't really been fully um, given his, his props, so to speak, for, what he, for, for how good he is as a singer. So that was really Maurice's motivation uh, in working with him. And I also should say that um, after the album came out, I remember Maurice was a little disappointed that it wasn't as successful as he had hoped it would be. Um, Mm -hmm. And he he considered that some of his best production work was on there and that he really brought out um, the essence of of Elle's art as a singer. And, 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 uh, yeah, something was a little bit kind of like, wow, just didn't quite take off the way that they thought. And we don't really know why. Um, I can't remember what was going on at the time, that that would not not have, have taken off as much as maybe... L and everyone involved would have liked. Um, So let's talk about some of the other songs, Janine. So do you have a particular favorite, uh, favorite track on In the Storm?
2: I do have um, a favorite track, but I just want to go back to something you just pointed out about Maurice's acknowledgement of L as this incredible singer who hadn't been tapped before and talking about how the album fared. I think that, in trying to really bring out all of L's skills, if you listen to this album track by track, it has um, slower songs, ballads. It has up-tempo songs. It has attempts at funk. It, you know, with the after the dance, you have kind of like the jazz um, strain in it. So I feel like the album tries to take L, or L tries to take the album several different places stylistically and while that does showcase his ability, I think it makes the album, you know, the sequencing of the album might not have been what people expected, but it's still a really good example of everything that he is able to do stylistically, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. vocally. And so I always like when ill, you know, turns up the heat and slows down the tempo and does the ballad. I mean, I feel like he is a ballad king because there's just something about the softness and the sweetness of his voice that is really, really affecting and sexy and all of that yeah. good stuff. And there's also like a playfulness to mm-hmm. his phrasing. So I really like, um, you know what I like because it's got pop, kind of harmonies and like uh-huh. these little sexy come-ons and it's you know it's it's sprightly and sweet and I, I I think it I think it actually went to number 14 on the R&B chart so it didn't zoom all the way to the very yeah. top but it's respectable
1: top 15 you know yeah I'm checking, I'm checking absolutely 100% correct number 14 yes yes it was actually the biggest um Charted single from the album other than After the Dance, which um, preceded it um, a few months uh, earlier. And actually looks like it was Elder Barge's biggest, no. He, he, it, yeah, it was his second biggest hit. Yeah. His first biggest hit was on the Motown" with a, with a song that uh, I, don't, I kind of vaguely remember called Who's Johnny? I don't right. That, but it was number <laughs> one.
2: It was a very poppy
1: um okay. song. Okay, that's probably why I don't remember it. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> After I am a soul man, right? <laughs> the okay, ambassador of anyway. soul. Yes, yes.
0: Let's pause there for a quick break. Then we'll return to David Nathan and Janine Coveney as they continue to talk about Elder Barge, his sensual vocalising, his status as a singer singer, and Janine's close the door interview with him surrounding the release of In the Storm.
2: Now on Soul Music Records in association with Platinum Garage Recordings, Preston Glass presents Love and Compassion,
0: Volume 3, the third volume of the successful Preston Glass Presents Love and Compassion digital album series, continuing the positive messages of the previous two
2: volumes. It includes guest artists Larry Graham, Chubby Tavares, Debbie Sledge, Robin S., and The Temptations' Ron Tyson. Preston Glass Presents Love and Compassion, Volume 3, is out now, on all digital platforms.
1: The points you made, I think, are, are very valid, Janine. I think that um, part of why the album didn't maybe take off the way everyone had hoped was to do with the the fact that it, it went in different directions. It wasn't as focused. Uh, and I think that, you know, Elle's um, charm as a singer and, 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 and what has his audience really, you know, look out for his music is that whole romantic, seductive, you know, sexy, sensual. It's actually, it's actually, I don't think it's so much sexy as sensual. I yes. was thinking of Elle as being. It, in that respect, you know, uh, in the lineage of, of Marvin and Leon Ware, of course, very sensual. It's not always, you know, like, hey, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not that kind of, sorry, I'm trying to do, I'm hey, come on, come on. You know, that kinda, it's not like that. Um, but it's very <laughs> I gave you your laugh for the day, right, Jaleed? Yes. I, I could I could elaborate on, uh, hey, baby. <laughs> that's not on that track but you know the sensual the kind of smooth and, and there's songs for me on this album that really um you know point point to that kind of um smooth sensuality are um in particular love me tonight and my heart belongs to you i mean th- th- that those songs for me are like yeah. classic classic elder Barge. you know they're, they're much more in in the realm of what uh, i like to hear from him um uh, and yeah, I, I, I was not really a big fan of some of the other tracks. I, I, I really, I wasn't. I wasn't so um, uh, enamored of um, fast Lane and 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 just the. I, I understand. I understand why people you know have to record up tempo songs. They can't have a whole album of. Well, they could, but most people don't do a whole album of um, of ballads. Um.
2: But at the same time, I think because of his image as this sort of r- romantic frontman who mm. his look appeals to multiple audiences, um, we don't think of him as like a, a funk guy, you know? I mean, he might be able to funk as hard as George Clinton, but is that really how we think of him? I don't think so. And I I think that's kind of um, if the album gets into the weeds a little bit, it might be because of that. Although I do kind of like the, the song tip of my tongue, which is credited um, in part to Paisley park. So we know that Prince is kind of a presence on it. And if you're familiar with the, the, the Paisley park Prince brand of, um, you know, new soul energy uh, mm-hmm. funk. It kind of has that song, but it, but it's kind of clever at the at the same time. Um, so I let him get away with with that. I, I'll accept that. Um,
1: <laughs> That's gracious.
2: <laughs> yes, because I I am that way, and I have to tell you, I know that we've both um interviewed L. Yes, and um. He is a charming individual, is
1: he not? He is. He is charming. He very much, very much so. Uh, my first recollection of doing an interview with him actually was uh, when he was at Motown. And it was around the album called, I'm not sure it was Gemini. He had two albums at Motown, Gemini and Broken Dreams. And I don't remember which of those two albums is the one that I interviewed uh, him about. And I had previously also met and interviewed debarge as a group um and um he was very charming very soft spoken um you know and, and and very i always personally found him easy to talk to i didn't find him in any way kind of like difficult and, and yeah, he had that some kind of charm and yeah yeah he, he, he was yeah i get it I, I i can see i can see how he he was able to charm uh, interviewer interviewers <laughs> Like and, myself <laughs> yes. well, I was charmed too But maybe not quite in the same way I don't know back Well I
2: have a recollection of being summoned To um, the Warner Brothers bungalow Or whatever it was that they called it in, in Los Angeles To talk to him And it may have been for this album Probably It, it probably was for this album And so um, I went into a room to, um, to talk to him. And, you know, when you meet somebody new, it's you're trying to establish some sort of rapport, some kind of common ground so that you can have an easygoing conversation. Mm-hmm. And uh, admittedly, I was a little bit starstruck, but I don't know how we got there. I just felt like he was somebody I knew in a strange Mm. way. Maybe it's because, you know, we kind of favor each other. <laughs> no, <laughs> but um, we just kind of fell into a, a really quick familiarity. And we, of course we talked about the album we talked about, but we also talked about our love lives. We talked about the country. We talked about music we like to listen to. And the conversation became much more personal, but kind of like on a friendly, and he was just so easy to talk to. Mm. And to the point where, you know, you only have so much time to, to interview an artist, particularly when an artist is on a promotional um, mm-hmm. tour or they, they, they've scheduled a whole bunch of interviews. So, you know, your time is up. So they're knocking mm-hmm. on the door, trying to get us out of the room. And he actually locked the door. <laughs> and uh, we talked uh,
1: talk okay. another Okay, it's, gave me a little bit of a Teddy Pendergrass, you know. Close the door. In well, it case, wasn't. Like, a I
2: like it. It. We just, I just enjoyed talking to him. We just had a fun time, and I think for him, you know, the fun time because you're working all the time, and so you want to feel like you're having fun, and that was a fun interview. So um, I just share okay. that, and I have a picture of us, but I didn't pull it out for
1: this. Um, well, you know, you, you know the one part of what you shared, Janine. That of course, I'm probably sure I'm not the only one who is going to listen to this and wonder what did you all talk about when it came to love lives?
2: Oh, he was he was dating somebody and breaking up with somebody, and I had just come out of a marriage. So like we were really having oh, okay. a philosophical talk about. You know, Great how, yeah, relationships go wrong. And, you know, it was really it was really ha- a heartfelt mm. discussion of, of what we were each going through and experiencing at the time. Wow. Yeah. Well, I,
1: big kudos to you, because that often doesn't happen. No. Uh, as you and I both know in, in, in interview situations, it's not often the case that we get into personal uh, conversations where we and the interview subject can be aligned and talk frankly and openly about about, about what we're dealing with. So big up, big up to you, Miss Janine, for that, very much. But That's let's talk about, good. yeah, and, and so, you know, it's actually perfect, a perfect segue into one of the other songs that I really, really like on this album um, is called Another Chance. That seems like kind of the fitting uh, segue from what you just said. Now. Do you remember talking to him about that particular song? No. <laughs> oh, oh, well, all right then. But, it, it, but, but you know, it, I think that particular track for me re-epitomizes really the art of of, of who El Barge is as a singer and that old, you know, that kind of romantic, uh, you know, he's kind of like a, I'm call him a heartthrob, but I kind of can see how that term hasn't been used for many, many decades. I'm not really shows my age, you know, like a heartthrob, like like a like a, a, a someone yeah. who, you know, uh, is swoonable about. Yes, made <laughs> the <a> word out. <laughs> swoonable. But 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 the song the, the, the song you know really is speaks of this whole um, concept of you know. Um, you know, another chance, and, and another chance in terms of, you know, whether it's with the person that you're about to leave or is about to leave you or just another chance to go on to some to find someone else. Right. So really, he's really,
2: making yes. a lot of promises, vocal promises on that song. It's, it's yes. just, as you say, quintessential L.
1: Yes, yes. Yes. Well, there's a couple more songs we want to talk about. And then I think we should like talk about, you know, the aftermath of this album a little bit and what's happened, you know, with Elle since, since then. Um, the thing I did want to uh, really uh, focus on as well is the fact that th- this album has these preludes and interludes, which is very much a part, I remember, of the tradition uh, of Maurice White, the t- producer, on some Earth, Wind & Fire albums. You know, there are these preludes um, or interludes Um they're usually instrumental, and but I mean the 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 one in particular on this that I found quite uh, fascinating um, from L is uh, is the one called Now I'm going to find it. Oh wow, uh, is it? And then I wrote, it, um, I can't remember which one it is now.
2: Okay, sincerely yours.
1: Sincerely no. yours. Thank you, thank you, thank okay. you. That's exactly the one it is. Thank you for prompting me there. But I love the idea of that whole, you know, um, the segues, the, the, the interludes that go in and out. So I, I think that's a brilliant, a brilliant, um, a cohesive way to make a. It's almost like a concept. Then it becomes like a concept. Uh, yes. Take you to a journey. Um, and I love that. I love that idea. And I think it really worked on this album. Um, and, and we have
2: to talk about the title track, though.
1: Yes, we do. So what is the title, ha, ha, what are your thoughts about the about in the storm? <laughs> I'm um, sorry interrupted
2: you but I, I was worried we might run out of time because
1: what well, we're about um, to but.
2: I think of course it's the title track in the storm we we have already noted um his his kind of direct lineage to marvin gay stylistically and the album cover and so this particular song is kind of a what's going on um you know recitation by l we're all in this storm he's talking about social ills he's talking about the crack epidemic he's talking about poverty, he, he's talking about man's inhumanity to man, and doing it on a, you know, a, a, a sort of engaging track. But it, it does take a minute to really think about what it is he's saying, and throughout all of Ill's discography, you know, that, that family was, was raised in church, and there is a sense of love and humanity to his music. Altogether, and you really get that he is concerned for the world in, in this song. What's
1: your take on it? Exactly the same thing. In fact, there's not much more I can add to that other than to say this. Um, you know, like some other songs, particularly for example, thinking about what's going on in Marvin Gaye and that, that album itself, you know, in one sense, it's sad to say that much of what Elder Bart was singing about in The Storm is applicable to the times we live in now. And in one sense, yeah, maybe that's just kind of the nature of, of 20, 20th century, 21st century life. But on the other hand, I would like to think that some of the primary concerns and issues that, are, of, that he references in there would no longer be as um, as relevant today. But sad to say, some of them and others are. you know. Uh, but then that's the whole thing of music. I mean, music is... I think, isn't just about romance and, and love and, and relationships. It's very much about social commentary. And although I didn't necessarily associate El de Barge as an artist for doing that, it does also, again, speak to that lineage, that uh, continuation of the Marvin Gaye tradition um, of speaking about what's going on, what's happening around us. And, of course, Maurice also was someone who um, who made sure that a lot of the Earth, Wind & Fire uh, classics really uh, may have de- been dealing with things from a more of a spiritual, message-oriented place, not so much about the ills of the world, but still about social consciousness, in this case, spiritual consciousness. And uh, so I think it's, it's great to see that uh, Elder Barge is willing to you know, go there and, and call the album in the storm. I mean, I think that's, you know, could have called it My Heart Belongs to You, could have called it, you know... Uh, right. Any of the the songs which, you know what I you know what I like I mean it could have just been an obvious uh, or special yeah yeah exactly the song which was of course written by Maurice White so um, yeah so it's kind of brave to have gone there and said in the storm and even though there are not really many any other songs on the album that are like that um, it does speak about um, the importance of using music to impart a message and to maybe uh, have people reflect on, on, the, on the times that, that we live in.
2: Absolutely. So I think this album as a whole, it, even though it might not have been a, as popular as they would have expected, I think it was an important step for him career-wise to showcase all these different elements of his persona and mm-hmm. his abilities in and out of the studio. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that sense, I, I like it. I like the album that came after, which is called Heart, Mind, and Soul, I believe, which he worked on with Babyface. And it's a, it's a smoother piece of work because, of course, you have, like, the Babyface songs and rhythms, and it's, it's a romantic. And I tend to listen to that album over and over. It's just an easy listen. Yeah. It's very comforting. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, yeah, this is a good album.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, I think, we, we, as they say, I think that's a wrap. Other than to say, you know, subsequently, um, you know, after the, those two albums on, on, on Warner Brothers, Warner Brothers then Reprise, you know, he didn't do much in terms of recording for quite a long time. Um, and, um, you know, we don't need to go into to all the different twists and turns of El Barge's career but it is good to see that he did resurface, you know, sometime yeah. quite a quite a, few, a decade or so later with one album which he did for Geffen, which I actually really liked. I remember interviewing him for that. I believe that's called Second Chance. Yes. Yes. So and he still um, has
2: his performance chops. He yes. was always a good stage performer, and he yes. still has it.
1: Well, big props to Elder Barge for In the Storm. And uh, thank you, Janine. As always, as always, you know, I always find our conversations um, multi-layered. They go all over the place, and I love that. And I love that uh, that you got to to be in a room with Elder Barge with the door locked. I can't think. I, I'm sure there are many other ladies out there who are going to hear this and wish they had been in your place. What a great way to end the end inter- in, our classic soul podcast.
2: Thank you so much, David.
1: This was enormous fun, as usual. As usual.
0: Thanks, David and Janine. Please don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform and visit us for breaking news and daily updates about your favorite soul and R&B artists at soulmusic.com. I'm Bethany Dawson. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time on My Classic Soul.